0: Take the usual podcast hosting companies and you'll stay in expensive wonderland. Take the Podcaster Matrix hosting and you'll experience a completely different world of whole podcast library hosting. Choose wisely at podcastermatrix.com.
1: That's podcastermatrix.com.
2: But why do we enjoy being scared? Why are we determined to relive the fear we endured back when we were children, and the dark itself instilled us with terror?
0: Getting your horror fix is simple these days. It just depends on how you want it delivered. Movie or TV show? Jump on a streaming service. Informative and entertaining podcast? Take your pick. Engrossing literature?
2: You can have physical media or something downloadable.
0: Eye-popping visuals in all its four-color gory glory?
2: No matter what your horror tastes are, comic books have you covered. And with no budget constraints, the only thing holding back the terror is the writer and artist imaginations. And we're here to help you decide what to pick up during your next visit to your local comic shop. It's time for the Lethal game. Listings. Seven horror comics you should be reading.
0: Greetings and salutations, boys and ghouls! Welcome to another edition of Two Guys Talking Horror, the podcast that just keeps on coming back from the dead, no matter how many times you put a bullet
1: in our brain. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you could
2: chop off our head and put it in a blender, and we'd still come back.
1: That's that's right. It always rises from the grave. Always. Yes,
0: for for those of you not in the know, Jason and I were just quoting a little film called Monster Squad. <laughs> If you haven't seen it, you're either out of the loop or very young. So go check it out. Or if you don't want to do that, you can at least listen to our perspective review. Yeah, we did it. Look at that. I'm plugging our show already, and we haven't even gotten into the meat topic. Uh, welcome, everybody, to our show. Today, we're doing a lethal listings. But before we get into the actual list that we'll be going into, let's uh, let's take a moment and have a little bit of housekeeping.
1: Something is Killing the Children review.
0: Well, now, Jason, this episode is all about seven horror comic books we think our audience should be reading, and I will spoil something for you. The book, Something is Killing the Children, is not on this list. I know. Oh my gosh. You want to know why? There's a whole episode devoted to it. Oh, well, that <laughs> would explain <it>. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we did a review of the comic Something is Killing the Children, which is a a book that Jason and I almost missed out on. A lot of great buzz around the book when it first debuted, and uh, we, we almost dropped the ball when it came to that, but so glad that we didn't. And if you want to know our thoughts and our opinions about that book, there'll be a link to that episode in the show notes to this episode, or you can head on over to twoguystalkinghorror.com and find it there for yourself. I mean, we'll make it easy for you, but if you want to do the digging, you can go right ahead, but I can guarantee you won't be disappointed. I'm done with housekeeping. I've put the uh, scrub brushes and the duster away. Let's, yes, let's jump straight into our list, our lethal listing. Why wait? wait? Let's let's get going. Totally spoiler free when it comes to all of these books for for anybody listening. Because, you know, we want you, we want to entice you to go out to your local comic shop. And if you don't want to do that, okay. I mean, that's your prerogative. Get online. Go and check these out. Here are the seven horror comics you should
1: be reading. Number seven. The Silver Coin.
2: Silver Coin is published by Image Comics and is an anthology series with each issue being written by a different writer, including Chip Sadarsky, Kelly Thompson, Ed Brisson, and Jeff Lemire.
0: This was a book that almost didn't make the list because of how new it is. Yeah. It's very new. Uh, I, I remember uh, Jason; you had actually picked up the first issue and said, "Dude, you have to read this. You have to. You, you're going to flip."
2: Well, I, and I picked it up on a
0: lark. Mm-hmm. You know,
2: I mean, I always go through previews, and I always, I, I love trying new books. Mm-hmm. I always, yeah. I love picking up first issues, not because of a collectability. Something new, and I want to check right. it out. This was one that I guess I missed in the previous catalog. I mm-hmm. didn't see it, and uh it just happened to be the last copy on the shelf that day, and, and I grabbed it because I thought, oh well, that, that's an interesting cover. And right. I love Chip Zdarsky, who wrote. Oh, the, yeah. book, the first issue. I, I didn't know I was going to be blown away. By the <laughs> first way I was, <laughs> and I immediately gave it to you. I was like, dude, this book.
0: Yeah, yeah, I was in a stack of uh, of horror comics that you had been reading that I wasn't, and I remember I read it, and I, I loved it so much, I was like, ah, I've got to be a part of this, and I went out that day and hunted another copy of issue one down uh, for an anthology. I love anthologies, and if any of you who listen to our two guys talking horror content know, I'm on a little show called the Curious Goods Podcast, which is all about the the, the TV series, Friday the 13th, the series, which is kind of an anthology. Every episode focuses on a different cursed item. So it's an anthology, but it actually has a main cast. So it makes it very unique. I love the concept of this book because it's all about the silver coin, which gives the user certain powers, certain abilities. It does things for them specific to their situation
2: yes and not necessarily always good right monkey paws sort of sense yeah um the first issue certainly felt like a monkey's paw kind
0: of situation Mm -hmm. yeah
2: but the second issue did not yeah at
0: all another great thing about this series is uh the first issue takes place in the 70s -hmm. the second issue takes place in the 80s yeah so it it jumps around throughout the decades
2: I've seen the cover that was solicited for issue five, and it does look like there is a, uh, a Puritan pilgrim of some sort standing on the oh, wow. front of it. So I, I don't know what that means. It takes place in 1600s or 1700s or something like that, or if it's the spirit of someone that has come back in modern day. I, I have no idea. Interesting. Um, and at this point, I, I've been so interested by the first two issues that I, I'm kind of avoiding reading the solicitations, because I'm going to get them. Right, day. oh yeah, and absolutely. I kind want to go in blind and just go yeah, off, same here. off of what's the next issue box at the end of the book.
1: Number six. Proctor Valley Road. Proctor Valley Road is
2: published by Boom Studios with a creative team that boasts... Grant Morrison, Alex Child, Naomi Franquiz, and Tamra Bonvillain. The questions that each issue poses keeps me coming back for the answers. I mean, it's it's a, it's a pretty out there book. I, I mean, I don't know about you, I, I I assume that you're probably
0: in the same boat. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it, it's one of those one of those books to where I was like, oh, Grant Morrison, he's doing horror. Why? Why?
1: Why? Yeah. And and
2: I will say that when he misses, he misses hard.
0: But when he hits, wow, he hits hard. And and this is a this is an example of knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Because not only is this a period piece, this takes place Mm in the 70s during the height of the Vietnam War. It's, it's something, something like that. Really I, can't, I can't remember. It's, yeah. but, but we're dealing with draft dodgers and, and yep. things, things of that nature. It takes place in a nice little small town. And all of the protagonists, teenage girls. Yeah. And all they want to do is go see Janis Joplin in concert. Yep. And will, th- their willingness to pretty much do whatever they have to do to do that leads them on this path to absolute terror. I did not think I was going to like this book as much as I did, but it was another one of those situations. After I read issue one, it's like, this has to be on my pull list. And for those of you who aren't comic collectors, a pull list is basically when you go to your local shop and say, hey, I'd like you to pull this, 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 and this every month when it comes out so that all I have to do is walk in, ask for my pull list, pay you money, and walk out.
2: That way you don't have to uh, risk missing something.
0: Right. And then go on the hunt. And
2: then have to go on the hunt and potentially pay insane
0: amounts of money. The right, and it. right. And that's a totally different that's topic. A totally different. That's a different podcast. That's a podcast of a different color. <laughs> but anyway, Proctor Valley Road, the, not, only, not only does the, the, the writing work, the characters are so diverse, and the art, man, oh, my God, yeah. the art. It's one of the things that sells this book. I can deal with either really great writing and subpar art, or I can have really great art and subpar writing, but when you're able to have really great writing and really great art, you know you got a hit.
2: Well, and then this one is even taken to the next level with Tamara and Billings' color. Mm. In the colors, it, it both simultaneously captures a muted period look as if it happened 30, 40 years, ago, yeah. 50 years ago, whatever the case is. And yet at the same time, it is full-on bright comic book color. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure how, how the colorist is able to get both feels. But yeah.
0: And, and even though I don't watch a lot of the modern cartoons, the the art style in this book almost has a more sophisticated adult feel of something like Steven Universe. So it's it's not an exaggerated cartoon environment that we're we're seeing, but it's probably about three steps above. Yeah. So so it's not we're trying to be hyper realistic, yeah. but we're also not trying to be Saturday morning cartoon, and it, and it helps. It it definitely helps.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You know they're able to to play more with uh, with the different entities and creatures mm-hmm. that, that they come across. I don't want to say too much. Right, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. Uh, Proctor Valley Road is definitely something. If you're not going to grab the individual issues, wait for the trade paperback. You won't be disappointed.
1: Number 5. Year Zero, Volume 1.
2: Year Zero is published by AWA Upshot Comics and is written by Benjamin Percy with art by Ramon Rosanis.
0: I love zombies.
2: Yep, yep, so do I. And you know, zombies can be real difficult to pull off well in comics. Yes. Especially after Kirkman.
0: And, r- the r- 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 yeah, yeah. The Where the, the, the the comic Walking Dead? Not, not the TV show. No, We're no, talking no, about no, the, the comic stuff. series, The Walking Dead. That's the bar. Yeah try to top that yeah.
2: or, or at least meet it meet it yeah and you know, me too I love zombies you know uh, we both checked this out kind of on
0: a lark again mm-hmm. and, yeah.
2: you know we didn't really know what we were walking into with this book and I, I have to admit after reading the first issue I still wasn't quite sure what this book was yeah but it was the second issue uh, of this first volume that really solidified it for me and thought oh okay we're taking a slightly different look and a slightly different approach to doing a zombie apocalypse. All the stuff that you want is still there. Mm-hmm. The story is just being told in a somewhat different way.
0: Yeah. I would actually equate it to Max Brooks's very World War Z. So. Yeah, very much. So. This comic focuses on characters... As the zombie apocalypse occurs. I mean, that's why it's called It's Year Zero. This is the end of the old, the beginning of the new. And through this miniseries, we follow these characters and how they are dealing with the situation in which they're in. You've got a conspiracy theorist who <laughs> yeah. saw it all coming and had a yeah. bunker ready and and was that stereotypical oh i told you all along this was gonna happen and here i am i'm prepared you all laughed i i i get a kick out of the fact that yeah. we're focusing on a character like that because uh, that's me that that would be me if, if 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 we were in a zombie apocalypse kind of scenario that would be me because i was like oh you, you all laughed but uh, i'm prepared
2: i i like the the mexican street kid oh yeah uh, Separated from his his family and, and now he's, he's just running the streets and he's trying
0: to survive well he's his his family was killed by a gang oh, that's what it was, and right? he's on it was the streets during uh, during car- like a yeah. carnival yeah. and he's down in the sewers when it, when, it, when it all when it all goes to hell and he's actually saved by the street gang that murdered his family so it's kind of like oh what do I do
2: Well, and that's the other thing about this is you know it is five survivors, basically, that, that you follow, but these these five survivors don't necessarily interconnect with one another. Right, now, yeah, oh, yeah. We haven't started the second volume, so who knows, maybe they will eventually, but I don't think so. I have a feeling that it's it's almost like an anthology book spread out over issues, where you get little pieces of each story because they're
0: all happening simultaneously. Yeah, and I love the fact that, that we're expanding because there is more to this. There, yeah. There is a volume two. There's, there is still, they're still putting the books out. We haven't gotten that far yet, but it had to be on this list because I I don't know if you, how disappointed you were with the film adaptation of World War Z. It would be fine if it was called Brad Pitt versus the yeah, Infected. It, was in it wasn't World War Z. Yeah. Big fan of that book. This is the closest we've gotten to a comic book version of that book and I highly recommend it.
1: Number four. Noctara.
2: Noctera is published by Image Comics. Written by Scott Snyder and Tony Daniel with art by Tony Daniel and Tomeu Mori. This, uh, I'm sure that anyone who maybe just has a passing glance at comics and maybe knows something, they may be thinking, wait, that's an image book and it looks very much like a sci-fi adventure series. Why is that on here? Well, it it is technically science fiction. Mm That's true. Yeah, there's a little of that. It certainly takes place in a future environment, but that doesn't mean that it can't be horror. Right. I mean, look at like Alien mm-hmm. in science fiction and horror. And horror. And this is certainly along
0: those lines. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's also probably the closest I would get to a comic book version of an action movie. Action, yeah. sci-fi, horror. Yeah. That is how I would define Noctera. If you
2: like Aliens, if you like Pitch Black, if, you, if you're into that kind, of, those kinds of movies, Noctera is yeah. it. Because this is, this is an adrenaline
0: monster. Right, right. We don't know how it happened. We know scientists did something, and now the world has been plunged into an eternal night. But not just any night. It's not like the sun just went out, but the world didn't end. It's the world has been wrapped in this darkness that if you stay in it, any organic creature or living organism that stays in this darkness starts to mutate into monsters, especially humans. Yeah, they're very, yeah.
2: Humans and animals are very susceptible uh, to, to transforming, and uh, so everybody has to run around. They've all got lights, and, and obviously then power and energy and diesel and all these things that can run any kind of electricity and create artificial light becomes very important. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. And it's all about a brother and sister who are surviving the end of the world in pitch blackness, doing what they can to get from point A to point B, and they just so happen to get wrapped up into a possible mission to save the world.
2: And I will, I will say to anyone who uh, you know is looking for the next Walking Dead, and I'm not talking about collectability. Although I've heard that the first issue of this is already starting to sell for some, some extra money, I'm not surprised. But, um, so it, it's not necessarily going to be the next Walking Dead, as in each issue is worth thousands of dollars. But this is an ongoing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is an ongoing series. So in the sense that Walking Dead was an ongoing horror comic from Image. This has almost taken its place as the new ongoing horror flagship uh, for, for Image, and I think that, uh, that, you know, if you jump in now, you'll be jumping in on the next big thing.
0: Yeah, yeah, I've, I, I, yeah, I, I totally agree.
1: Number three, I Walk With Monsters.
2: Walk with Monsters is published by Vault Comics and written by Paul Cornell with art by Sally Cantorino.
0: Here's a book that I grabbed off of the shelf simply because of the title. Mm-hmm. I walk with monsters. That grabs you. Yeah. And then the cover art is it's just a girl. Yeah. So so what's this girl's story and why is she walking with monsters? I read issue one, and I was like, what, this is good. This is good. I need to find more of these. And I was finally able to hunt down two and three to where I picked up four, five, and six as they came out. As of the recording of this, uh, actually, I have read all six issues. Jason still has the last five and, issue five and six yeah, to read. I still gotta finish it. But we had to put this on the list yeah. because it takes the concept, oh, okay, so... You think that this girl, because in issue one, you find it's a girl and a guy, an older guy, probably in his late 20s, early 30s, and this young girl in her late teens. She's 18. So you're like, well, what's their story? And it would seem that these two travel the countryside and kill monsters. And when I say monsters, I mean human monsters. Scum. Scum of the earth child pedophiles and things of that nature the twist is is that the guy that our main character walks with is in fact a monster himself and there are a lot of different levels in this book surprisingly enough so deep it it does go very deep into depression into anger into possible chemical imbalances, possible mental issues, but we don't focus on it. It's 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 left up to your interpretation.
2: Yeah, well it's more like, you know, they're they're doing a a story about those things, but they're dressing it up as a horror story. Mm-hmm. It's always when horror is best. I right, mean, yes. About something else, but it's interwoven so well that you can't necessarily tell just by first glance right right it's about something else until you start looking deeper and or in this case between the panels
0: yeah exactly and then you uh you know you
2: see what what the book is really going into but but again yeah it blends that so well that that you really gotta look
0: mm-hmm. like yeah and there's there's a lot of there's a lot of subtext and there's not so subtle subtext yeah, well, as well. Yeah, this is, this is one of those that kind of uh, slaps you in the face with a handful of issues and then makes you think a little bit. And, and, and not, I don't necessarily want to think when I'm enjoying my horror. Sometimes I just want that turn-your-brain-off horror. But this is one of those books that actually makes you go, wow, okay, so are, are we dealing with a metaphor here or are we dealing with something literal? And since the, since the book is over, I, I, I highly recommend if you can hunt down the issues, go for it. But definitely look for that trade paperback because that's a great way of just having the whole story right there at the, in the palm of your hands available anytime you want it. Well, Jason, we have gotten so dangerously close to being done with our list. But before we finish, I think we're just going to take a moment to uh, catch our breath. We'll be right back with more Lethal Listings, seven horror comics you should be reading.
2: Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost-effective on-hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com. See what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From the voice box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com.
0: For most, Friday the 13th means Jason Voorhees. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for Cursed Antique Goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com.
2: Everyone knows you'll spend at least double the time you use to create the podcast when editing it. Then there's the control free factor, the gotta get it right factor, and well, it's time to shove all that out the door and make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. The Editor Core is a talented, experienced team of podcast editors that have edited tens of thousands of hours of podcast content and are ready for yours now. Check out EditorCore.com because it's time to make your podcast soar. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. Do it.
1: Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and
0: girls. Let's get back to our Lethal Listings episode of seven horror comics you should be reading.
1: Number two Stray Dogs
2: Stray Dogs is published by Image Comics and written by Tony Fleeks with art by Trish Forstner So this is a very different comic (laughs) Yeah This is unlike anything I've ever read before Yeah This is a 5 issue miniseries from Image that feels like a Don Bluth animated film. Uh, any of you out there who don't know who Don Bluth is, Don Bluth was an animator and an artist who studied at Disney in, uh, in the 70s. And in the late 70s and early 80s, broke away from Disney and started his own animation studio. And some of the films... That Don Bluth uh, produced and, and or directed are films like
0: American Tail, Ah, The Land Before Time, Oh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, Oh my God, Anastasia. You're hitting me right in the heart, man. Right and, in my feels. And,
2: you know, with, I say more recently, but I guess it's now almost a twenty-some odd year old film. Titan A.E. was technically a, a Don Bluth film. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're,
0: uh, officially, old. were officially old. Officially yeah. old. Awesome.
2: Straight Dog. Was described in previews and in all the solicitations as "Lady and the Tramp" meets "Silence of the Lambs" by Don Bluth, even though it's not actually by Don Bluth. Right. And and that's a, that's a, a crazy description, first off, and pretty freaking spot on.
0: Another great description would be "Secret Life of Pets" meets Seven.
2: Yep, that's another great way to.
0: This is another one that was in this mountain stack of horror comics that Jason said, "Hey man, you want to check these out?" And I'm like, "Yeah, sure. I got nothing better to do. I love reading reading comics that technically aren't on my list anyway." And and you know I'm joking, but it, it is the truth. Jason gets so many different books that I don't. It's how I get introduced into other things, yeah, especially do that. the horror stuff. Yeah, we do that. Oh yeah, we swap back and forth. This was yet another one that I was like, after reading issue one, I'm like, I nope, I've got to yep, because this has to so be on my list. Yeah, so unlike because so unla- it's, it's the perspective of the dog.
2: It's from the perspective of the dogs and the art, Trish Forstner's art. I mean, it's it's like a character from those old '80s cartoons just jumped right right onto the page. Yeah, and it's perfect in, in style, and you get it.
0: And the dog's perspective is there's this house that uh, these stray, I'm using air quotes here, dogs go to because something has happened to their normal living situation. And they really play up the fact that dogs' memories don't work like human memory. Mm-hmm. So they don't necessarily remember linear events. And smell is very important too. Affecting their memory. Also, for humans, too, smell is the strongest uh, a sense that we have for memory. And we are introduced to this mystery that it would appear that the master of the house, the reason why he has so many dogs is they are the dogs of the people, women, that he has stalked and murdered.
2: this it's this piece
0: that suddenly it's the trophy yeah. of the serial killer yeah. yes That suddenly allows the dogs to remember
2: oh wait this is not my regular master because they can't they don't even remember that they just know that's master he's bringing food
0: that's right be he's good. got the food be good don't go into the room that we're never allowed to go into right stuff like that oh yeah the yeah
2: other, the other the really This road yet, but I, I have here and there on a couple of the issues. This is one of those books that, like most comics nowadays, that has two covers. Mm, a yeah. A cover and a B cover. The B covers for this are parodies or homages, however you want to describe it.
0: Homage.
2: Horror movie
0: posters. Right, yeah.
2: Uh, the first one is Silence of the Lambs, but it's the main. Instead of uh, you know the the woman's face and, and the Clary's face that that's on the poster, the second one is the Pet Cemetery yeah <laughs> movie poster. The third cover is Annabelle
0: yep it's, yep uh, yep the
2: little pug dog sitting in the Annabelle thing, and the fourth one is demons.
0: Oh yes,
2: <laughs> but that's always a fun thing too is you know you can get the regular covers or you can go out and get the. Uh, the, the movie poster variants that are very fun.
0: Honorable Mentions. Now before we get to number one, let's take a moment to look at a couple of honorable mentions that
1: didn't make the list, but could have. Scarinthood, Volume 1. Yeah. Scarinthood?
0: Jason, neither one of us have children. Nope. And that's... And that's intentional. Right. In, in, very intentional, both on our and our wives' parts. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about our parts, though. No. So, uh, <laughs> yes, totally different mm-hmm. podcast. So, Scare and Hood, I actually really didn't give a damn about. I was like, oh, because I don't care about... I, I get kids in peril. That's, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. And I do have a heart. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, I do, I do get affected when I see it. Really- Right, exactly. Yeah. But, that being said, there was something about that first issue of Scaring Hood that was like, huh, this is interesting. It's also takes place in Ireland. Yeah, so, a so nice right, a very interesting setting, interesting set of characters, very broad sense of characters, all of them dealing with uh, uh, different issues, and it's all uh, revolving around... The parents of the children that are going to this kindergarten, daycare, preschool kind of a thing uh, that has a history. And nobody wants to believe the history, but of course, things happen to where you kind of have to believe the history. Or do you? It's just certain people going insane. Or are people just bad parents? Or are people just bad people? And that's what this book actually really brings to the forefront with all of the scary stuff. It's really also about what makes a good person Mm -hmm. and what makes just a person. Mm -hmm. And it shows that even you you don't have to be a super parent to still care about your child. It actually delivers a more realistic interpretation of what parents go through with small children. It's like, Mm -hmm. I love my child, but God, just give me a few hours to myself. Every single one of you that are parents aren't there have thought about what if I didn't have kids at some point in time. It doesn't make you a bad person. It just makes you human. Yeah. And that's what this book does. And then scares the bejesus out of you yeah. with the stuff that's going on.
2: And ironically, what I found to be very interesting about it is that it does so with an art style that is, I don't want to necessarily say cartoony. Mm. It's not necessarily a cartoony style. But it is a very simple style. Yeah. I could
0: see this as an animated film Yeah, to where it wouldn't be necessarily Disney. But damn near close to a Disney animated film with a whole bunch of scares. But yet,
2: at the same time, it also doesn't uh, skimp on detail. It's it's a really interesting art style that I would not normally pair with this story but for some reason works
0: very well. Yeah, and we say Volume 1 because there is another volume. The story is not over, even though the miniseries is. And it didn't necessarily end on a cliffhanger, but it kind of did. You kind of need to know what's happening next. So I can't wait for the next volume
1: of Scarenthood. Black Friday.
2: Williamson and April Brown. Black Friday. We all know what Black Friday is.
0: It's so the day the stock and market flag... Oh no, it's not that one. Not that one. Oh, that was Black Monday.
2: It's the real scariest day. Oh well. Forget about Halloween. Right.
0: Sure. That
2: can be scary. Christmas.
0: Christmas is scary too, but Black Friday. That's the real. Especially if you work in retail.
2: Yeah. Well, and obviously that's that's what we're talking about black friday the title of this book obviously refers to that day that shopping day the day after thanksgiving but this is a supernatural horror story sort of revolving around the retail world Mm -hmm. and and dealing with that and from a a great new company scout comics who who are just now starting to over the last year to really make names yeah yeah with this kind of stuff
0: yeah this was another one that uh... You found, luckily, you found, because uh, it's hard. Not all, uh, not all the uh, comic shops were picking this one up.
2: No, Scout's very new, so not a lot, of, not a lot of shops carry. Not all shops, I should say, carry Scout.
0: And and it was on the pile, and and I gave it a I gave it a look see, and the art. At first, I was like, "Well, this this is an interesting art style," but when you pair it with the writing and the situation, it, it reminded me of uh, '90s uh, Chris Pacello, or Ashley Wood.
2: Yeah, uh, there's a lot of Sam Keith
0: influence yeah. in there from the Max. And, yeah, very yeah it's, it's, it's not crystal clear what you're seeing. All you know is that it's a distortion of reality mm-hmm. that works with the story that's being told. Which I, 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 I really dug uh, after reading issue one. And I was like, okay, well, I, this definitely... I'm not necessarily going to add this to my pull list. But when issue two comes out, I definitely want to read this. All it it's retail on the busiest day, and a portal to some yeah. nether region has opened in the discount aisle yeah. and these Under creatures the, yeah the, un- the, literally the, through the from the floor yeah. they they are popping <laughs> through this this dimensional portal and they 're hungry and they want to eat you yeah. and they don 't care what checkout line you 're in.
1: <laughs> Number one, Maniac of New York. Maniac
2: of New York is published by Aftershock Comics and is written by Elliot Callan
0: with art and colors by Andrea Muti. I'm going to say this, and I don't know if this is true or not, but I would like to believe that the writer grew up loving 80s slashers, watched Friday the 13th, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, was just as disappointed as the rest of us, and when he grew up, decided, fuck it, I'm going to do it better.
2: Yep, that's. I, I think I think it's pretty clear. I, again, I could be wrong. I we could, could be wrong. wrong. We could be very wrong. Yeah. But uh, if you read even just issue one, it's pretty clear that there's there's at least that
0: influence. Yes, you? yes. Maniac of New York it the title to just tells it it, it it the title the cover for that first issue it gives you everything you need to know there is a maniac and he pops up throughout new york city manhattan island just murdering indiscriminately it's as if jason Voorhees, cuz this killer wears a mask it's it not a it's not mask, a hockey mask but, it's, but it's, similar. it's similar it's
2: like a full face white mask but only on the front so it straps on the way yeah
0: Jason's. And he's he usually uses a very large machete-looking type yeah. implement, although it's it's a more ornate. Yeah. It's got more f- sticky it's outy it's things, right? Yeah. And and he just pops up randomly. You never know when he's going to show up. So essentially, the city of New York is just like, all right, well, be on the lookout because Maniac Harry could pop out at any time. Mm-hmm. Just imagine that. And you can't kill him. No. He cannot be killed. Seemingly, yeah. Right. Yeah, cool. So far, yeah. uh, the series, it's a miniseries, a five-issue miniseries. I don't know how the city of New York is going to bounce back from this one. All I know is that this is the book that I am having the absolute most fun reading because it is as if I am reading and then experiencing a cheesy horror slasher movie from the 80s. But taken seriously. Right, taken serious, very seriously, very seriously. This
2: isn't a masked killer chasing babysitters or camp counselors or any teenagers that have had premarital sex recently. That's right. not what this is. There are no this, rules. No, there are no rules. And this is adults. This is kids. This is everybody in the city. It's, mm-hmm. it's, not, a, it's not a teenager slasher film. It is a slasher story going after modern adults. Yeah. And... Uh, it's, it almost makes it scarier because, sure, you can buy into a serial killer or a slasher killer in these movies going after teenagers because they're theoretically young and innocent and you know easy to manipulate or take out, you know, whatever. But to go after everyone, mm-hmm. it, it no longer becomes about a, a specific
0: group. And to get to the point to where, well, we don't know how to stop him. But this is New York, so I mean, we're not like going to evacuate the city. It becomes just another thing that New Yorkers have to watch out for. Yep. Which also, then, if you not if you're not from New York, you've heard of the New York mentality. You know, we 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 can take anything. And this book is written just like it. It's just another thing that happens in New York. And I highly recommend this. That's why it's our number one pick. Yep for the seven horror comics you should be reading and that brings us to your thoughts we want to know are any of these books that we listed on your pull list have you heard of them are you reading them currently head on over to our social media sites that's twitter that's facebook that's even instagram yep we're there too And uh, let us know. If you are picking up one of the books, take a picture of yourself holding uh, one of the covers up. If any of the books that we talked about today sound interesting and you're going to go pick them up, let us know what you think when you do. All right, Jason. Well, it's time to uh, take all of our books, slide them back into the uh, bags and boards, press the tape tightly and slip them back into their long boxes to where they can be protected for all time. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I hope you've enjoyed this lethal listings episode. That's just seven plus two honorable mentions. There are a ton of other great horror comic books out there. And I'm sure we'll get to them someday. Maybe a sequel. But until next time, I've been one of your hosts, Nicholas J. Hearn. I'm one of your other
2: hosts, Jason Contini.
0: And remember, folks, don't be afraid of the dark be afraid of what's in the dark.
2: You have successfully survived this episode of Two Guys Talking Horror. Thank you for listening. Be sure to connect with us through all of our social media
1: outlets.
0: now it's time to turn the lights back off again I, unless you're driving a car don't yeah, don't d- turn those, no, don't yeah. close your eyes so that it's dark yeah. don't do that drive responsibly <laughs> drive safe but if you're listening to this at home and you can be in the dark I, it definitely enhances the mood because <laughs> we're a couple of crazy spooky guys N- not really not really i'm sure try- i was trying something new